This is the Overdue Homework Podcast. Welcome to the show. That's Trav. I'm Drew. And I'm Trav. This is the Overdue Homework Podcast. And as always, we are here to give you our opinions on 80s and 90s media. Trav, we got a new email. We got a new email. I did it. I actually did it. So um, our new email, Do you? Want, I'll let you do it since you're the email guy. Our new email is podcast at overduehomework.com. Man, that's official. That's very official and very easy. So it's less keystrokes than the old email, which I'm not even going to mention. But if you email to that email, we'll still get them. We'll but, still get it. Uh, it's less keystrokes, so you have less excuses not to email us. Uh, Trav, how are you doing? Pretty darn good, Drew. Another good day off. Got to go visit the Pops again for nice. a little bit. Uh, talked about Jaws because he was a- asking about the Patreon stuff with the non-80s, 90s yeah. stuff and whatever. So, yeah, a little, uh, giving a little sneak preview of the Patreon idea for I, us. I think that's a really... Is Jaws 1978? Five. Five. I, I said 78 and he said, nope, 75. He remembers watching it when oh, he yeah. was 17 years old. So Man, that's a groundbreaking movie. It Says really, really is. still scared of the ocean for his entire <laughs> life because of that movie. A friend, of mine's, uh, a friend of mine from high school, his dad is afraid of uh, water. Just water in general because <laughs> of sharks, because of Jaws. Oh, like, I get it. He even said like a pool, like a pool on a cruise ship. He's like, I'm not going in that. Like, what are you talking about? It's a pool. Whatever. It's not connected to the ocean. <laughs> it's not connected to the ocean. Uh, but uh, but Trav, how are you doing? Drew? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I got this weird little chest throat thing going on. So if I sound a little goofy, uh, that's why. Trav said I sound fine. I'm feeling pretty good right now. I uh, got that coffee flowing, some nice warm liquid to help it out a little bit. Got that 23 flavors of DP in yeah. your system from yeah. I had Yeah, I had a Dr. Pepper before we started recording, and then I made a cup of coffee, and I was like, whoa, slow your roll there, dude. <laughs> That's a lot of caffeine, son. So I'm going to be <laughs> sipping the coffee. Son. <laughs> sipping the coffee. Uh, but yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, I can't wait for, uh, I can't wait to do this episode. Uh, I'm really happy that it's Christmas time, oh, and uh, these episodes are always super duper fun to do. Uh, so, of course, in production of this podcast, I used uh, an article from one source, and that was 80skids.com again. So, they've got quite the uh, amalgamation of inf- amalgamation of information, say that three times fast, I guess, <laughs> uh, on that website. So, it's been a very useful website for our podcast. So, thanks, guys. Our homework review, of course, is Jingle All the Way, and that was in 1996. 96. Uh, directed by Brian Levant, written by Randy Cornfield, produced by Chris Columbus, and we know that name from uh, last year's uh, Christmas, Home Alone, and Home Alone 2, which we did. Yep. Uh, Michael Barnathan and Mark Radcliffe, uh, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger as Howard Langston, Sinbad as Myron Larrabee, Phil Hartman as Ted Malton, and this was uh, Hartman's last film after his wife sadly killed him. Uh, Rita Wilson as Liz Langston, Jake Lloyd as Jamie Langston, Robert Conrad as Officer Alexander Hummel, uh, Martin Mull as KQRS DJ, or Mr. Ponytail Man, uh, Jim Belushi <laughs> as Mall Santa, and Vern Troyer as Mini Santa. He is un- un- uncredited. I was going to say unincredited. That's not a word. So I got a few things to say as you just read these Sure. Off. So first off, I knew Phil Hartman was dead, but I did not know his wife killed him. Yeah. This is a real thing. His yes. wife killed him. Yeah. His wife killed him. Uh, she was had history of being an addict, t- 
addict. Not a <laughs> not, an attic. She was up there, you know, not, roof of the house not, area. <laughs> not a space above your home. Uh, and uh, she had relapsed, and uh, she came home. She had done some cocaine, I believe, and Phil called her out on it. Um, she like goes into the leaves, goes into this weird, like psychosis, comes back and kills him all while their kids are upstairs. She go, no, she, okay. I might be getting my facts incorrect a little bit, but after she does kill Phil, she goes, she leaves and then she comes back with her friend and shows the fact that she killed, uh, Phil Hartman because she, the, her friend didn't believe her. Oh my God. Right. So then they call the police. The police get there, and then she kills herself in another room while the police are there. Oh, my God. Right. So that's a pretty- Yikes. Yeah, yikes is right, man. Yikes and what a last right. movie to be in. The movie's great, but Ted's an asshole. <laughs> Ted is kind of the worst. Ted that is, is kind sure. of the worst. And the other one here, so forever, I'm trying to think of who Jim- What do I know Jim Belushi from? And I found out it's from Hey Arnold. He's oh, the yeah. he's the coach in Hey Arnold. Yes, he is. Like, why is his voice so damn familiar? And he was actually only in like five episodes. Interesting, says, but that's how familiar or how many times I've watched Hey Arnold, I guess. And then because you had told us last time that Vern Troyer was uncredited, I, the first time I watched this, I spent the whole time trying to make sense of how. Santa's helper, Jim Belushi's helper, was Vern Troyer until <laughs> I saw him later in the movie. Okay, there's, there's Vern. Vern Troyer. <laughs> there's Vern. <laughs> there's Vern. So yeah, I just want to go on a little uh, rant about that. Well, thank you. Uh, our movie was released on November 16th, 1996 at the Mall of America because uh, apropos to nothing, it's a very... Uh, makes sense. Uh, November 26, 1996 was the rest of the United States of America. It had a budget of $75 million. It was a box office of $129.8 million. That's $252.8 million uh, in today's money. Uh, that's a pretty good box office for a chintzy Christmas movie. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, and, of course, it was filmed in Minnesota. It was the biggest budget production to take place in Minnesota. So it still is the biggest budget production to have taken place in Minnesota with a budget of 75 million dollars uh minnesota received attention as a filming location after the success of purple rain so that's one of the reasons why they decided to come here nice uh and one of the other reasons was the decision was made because they were looking for a wintry location and they wanted the film obviously not during february and january in minnesota right. that wouldn't go very well <laughs> yeah. so they shot in late spring early summer uh in minnesota so you could still like at least make some snow and yeah. it would stick around at least for the day maybe right uh, and, uh, yeah, that's, uh, why they chose Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota has kind of a weird history. It, Minnesota was all the rage in the nineties for movies. Yeah. <laughs> that's really, awesome. It really, really was. Uh, Trav, are you, uh, ready to break this one down? I believe so. All right, dude, let's hit it. So Jingle All the Way opens with Turbo Man and Booster. Uh, it's very evocative of the time and the look of 1995. If you're watching TV as a kid, oh, looks like Power Rangers. Yeah, it would have. Yeah, it definitely would have fit in right next to Power Rangers and Animaniacs or something like that yep. on Fox Kids on a <laughs> Tuesday <laughs> afternoon. Uh, uh, Turbo Man's using his lasers and his turbo discs. Uh, we also got a we got Billy the hostage. Uh, so it's a pretty straightforward what's going on on the screen right now. Yeah. Uh, those clanking metallic letters for the opening credits. So if it's an Arnold film from the eighties and nineties, there's clanking metallic letters, right? Oh, That's 100%. all. <laughs> it's required. <laughs> it's required. Uh, plus we get a close up of the pimple on the Dementor's uh, mouth. Can, <laughs> did you see that pimple? Yeah. You can never unsee it once no, you see it. I'm like, you can't. Why wasn't somebody like, hey, take care of that? Or I don't. 
don't know. Maybe they're like, it adds to him being gross and the villain. <laughs> uh, do you know who that actor is? No. Did you ever watch Night Court? No. Nope. Okay, so it's Bull from Night Court. I don't know the actor's name. I just oh, okay. know him as Bull from Night Court. <laughs> uh, so the camera pulls out, and we see a young Anakin Skywalker watching television. I mean, Jamie watching television. <laughs> yep. Uh, he's in the thralls of his boyhood boyhood bliss, really uh, loving the show and being completely absorbed by it. Jake Lloyd landed the role of Anakin Skywalker thanks to this movie. That's awesome. Yeah. He was an unknown seven-year-old actor at the time, and uh, his performance caught the eye of Hollywood and George Lucas. Uh, hi, uh, Lucas hired him at age eight for would be, what would become The Phantom Menace. Uh, even though uh, Lloyd's performance... Was not very well received, I should say. It just wasn't very well received in Phantom Menace. Uh, sadly, those things uh, contributed to the actor's mental health struggles. Uh, Lloyd retired from acting in 2016 and was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Yikes. This episode has had two downers right, <laughs> right away. So I hope he's doing good out there. Merry Christmas, you know, Merry everybody. Christmas. Schizophrenia and uh, murder-suicides. Uh, so Turbo Man, he ends up saving the day, but... Uh, Liz, Jamie's mom, tells him that it's almost time uh, to go and uh, Dad should be home any minute. Uh, but Dad is always late. He's just working hard, right? That's yeah. that's what it is presented. I'm sure he's that's what he's hard. doing. Uh, a workaholic Arnold, I mean Howard, uh, is uh, to his credit working hard for... He's working really hard while everybody else is whooping it up at a Christmas party. Yeah. So he's still working. He yeah. is a workaholic. He's working really hard, but he's choosing work over his family. Obviously, it's been established immediately. Howard's on the phone, he's wheeling, he's dealing, his secretary is flashing cards at him, karate class in 20 minutes, I'm gonna make it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, back to the phone, uh, 200, king size be- 200 king size by next Friday, no problem whatsoever, uh, but only for you, you're my number one customer. <laughs> Uh, everyone is his number one customer. Everyone. Uh, he's definitely not uh, going to make it to the karate class, is no. he? Uh, he's very absorbed with his work, too absorbed. Uh, his wife is on, on uh, line four. Where are you? You're going to miss karate class. I'll be there. You're my number one customer. Liz! <laughs> Liz! <laughs> it is funny that oh. he calls her his number one customer. It's so funny. <laughs> but, I mean, you can't fault him too much, right? He's in yeah. work mode. Yeah, 100%. Right? Just like, I'm not going to give the example because I'm going to have to edit it out. So I'm not going <laughs> to give the example. Uh, finally, he gets out the, the out the door. His secretary is literally throwing the scarf on him as he's walking out the door. Uh, but, of course, he hits traffic because that's what's going to happen. He's going to be late no matter what. Uh, in this scene, we see while well, Howard is at the desk, he was, we see him signing a contract at one point. Yeah. He does not sign Howard Langston. He starts signing Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's hilarious. <laughs> so, it's kind of funny. They cut off the, the shot ends when he gets to that first G. So <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that's he's actually doing that. Uh, so we are at the karate class now. And uh, Ted in the stands with all the moms from the neighborhood. And he's the bee's knees. He is the bee's uh, knees. The ladies love him. Uh, and he's got just the tool for the job, apparently. The veiled sexual references in this movie are very glaring now Amped that I'm an up. adult. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we're back in traffic with Howard, and he pulls what I consider maybe the ultimate dick move in like <laughs> rush hour traffic in the dark when it's wintertime. Yeah. He pulls over under the shoulder and starts driving up like and they look you look at him and he's all like happy and like proud of himself. He's like, I can't I can't believe nobody else does this. Yeah. This is the easiest thing ever. No one else is saying to be a douchebag. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but alas, he gets busted by the popo. 
Uh, this will definitely not be the last time we see this particular officer. License and registration. <laughs> Look, sir, I'm really late for my son's karate class. <laughs> just one wrong move after the next. I'm surprised that he didn't like pull his wallet out and like pull some twenties up and be like, "Here yeah, it is, seriously. my license and register." I'm glad they didn't go that far. Sir, step out of the vehicle. <laughs> well, you're late. Now you're really gonna be late, Arnold. <laughs> so, or I should say, Howard. Uh, they go as far as doing the field sub- sobriety test. At this point, this cop's just being a dick. Yeah. <laughs> and then he asks him to recite the alphabet backwards, which is impossible even sober. Yeah. <laughs> Unless seriously. you practice it. I did take to practicing it a little bit after this movie. I'm like, I'm going <laughs> to practice that. I, I lost interest. <laughs> so back in the gym, everybody's getting their purple belts and Howard misses the class. Uh, did you ever do karate? Nope. No, never once. I did taekwondo for a while. Sure, my cousins all did yeah, taekwondo. Yeah, I think we've talked about yeah, this maybe. Which was really fun to watch, but yeah, I was a little interested, but not enough for my dad to put me in it, I guess. So. I got to brown belt in taekwondo, nice. which doesn't really say anything, because you basically, when you test for your belts when you're a kid, like if you just show up and like do 80% of it, they're like, here's your belt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just, yeah. you know, it's not, it's, it's more like time put in, because you would have right. to, you'd have to like log in for your practice sessions when you would be there. Yeah. So you had to have a minimum amount of hours to be able to like qualify to test for the next belt, but like, if you just put the time in, they're like, yeah, here's your belt, you kid. <laughs> there you go, kid. Here's your, your belt. Pa- your participation award. Basically. Uh, so, uh, back at home, and old Howie is in the doghouse, isn't he? Yep. Uh, but first, Howard sees Ted on the roof. Uh, Ted put up the Christmas lights on the house for them. Gee, how thoughtful of you, Ted. <laughs> uh, Ted is a bit of a snake, like we've already said. Uh, oh, super snake. Would you go onto your neighbor's house and put Christmas lights no. up? No. In the dark, no less. Go on to my own house and put Christmas lights. <laughs> uh, really, though, let's talk about Phil Hartman for just a second. It's like a great character for him in this movie. He, I mean, he plays it very well. Yeah, that arrogant douchebag. He's yeah. just very good at playing that role. Uh, was he like GQ's top 100 at the time or something that they picked him to be this like lustful attraction for all these women i just don't understand he's not some great looking man in my opinion i really don't know like why they would choose him i think they would choose he's like classically handsome wouldn't you say like he's got the jawline he's got the nice hair and stuff like that and the good smile so like he's somebody you would consider handsome from the head up he's handsome but i just mean he's not like physique wise or anything else to me style wise nothing just he's the creepy perverted neighbor (laughs) who's got a good smile (laughs) good smile and some serious dad vibes (laughs) serious dad uh but yeah i guess maybe i bet you he was chose more for like his performing chops right and he he classy he classified enough as a handsome dude and stuff like that just enough but yeah you're right it is a little bit of a weird like they should have picked somebody hotter yeah who would you have picked who what would have been a good choice for 1995, arrogant douchebag, hot guy. I mean, anybody's an option. Get Tom Cruise in there. Hey, that's a. How about Tom Hanks? Yeah, or Tom Hanks. Even. Tom Hanks would have been good for that. Yeah. I'm sure in 1995, that role is probably below him because yeah, Forrest Gump was 1994, 1993, right? Yeah. So he's like giant Tom Hanks guy at the true, time. True. True. How about somebody like uh, Conan O'Brien? Hey, I'll take it. <laughs> he would have just been doing his late show at the time. That would have been great. <laughs> 
So Howard ends up going inside and he's dealing with what would be called a massive parenting fail, right? Yes. <laughs> and uh, Jamie is rightfully pissed at his dad. Uh, Howard is trying everything to get his get back, get back in his son's good graces, and he's rewarded with a door slam in the face. Yeah. Uh, me as a dad, if your kid slams the door in your face, it's like instant like anger to the roof. <laughs> it's like, yeah. No, nah, no slamming doors. Somebody's gonna lose a finger. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, Howard does know, though, that he blew it big time. Uh, he wants to do something really special for his son uh, to make up for missing basically all of his son's big moments in karate and probably the rest of his life also. <laughs> yeah. uh, so Howard does what any good father would do in this situation and offers to buy his affection back. Yeah, why not? <laughs> tell me what you want. Then he, tell me what you want. <laughs> the Turbo Man action figure with movable arms and legs and the boomerang shooter and rock and roar jetpack and the realistic voice aviator that says five different phrases, including it's turbo time, accessories sold separately batteries not included <laughs> that's a great bit from uh, jamie from jake lloyd in that the was movie. probably this like one of his strongest parts of the movie yeah definitely like was. he's good but there's certainly parts that i think he's really bad yes like he's clearly a very fresh child actor. yes i would definitely agree with but that. i thought that was really really good part you can tell he put in a lot of practice for that yeah definitely he you can yeah that's a good way to put it he really practiced that bit because that's like his one big like big chunk of lines in the movie yeah. otherwise it's just like dad dad that's dad. my dad <laughs> Uh, everyone is getting one of those Turbo Man dolls, and uh, anybody that doesn't is going to be a huge loser. <laughs> uh, Isn't that how it was? <laughs> totally. Like, I don't want to be the one at school that doesn't have the Turbo Man. <laughs> totally. Uh, just like that, Jamie forgives his dad, and they are best buddies again. Yeah, why not? Just like that. As long as I know he's getting me a Turbo <laughs> Man. He can miss all the karate sessions he wants. That's right. Uh, in the master bedroom now with Liz, and Howard is pretty proud of himself for getting on his son's good side again. But uh, that reminds Liz. Uh, you got the doll, right? Uh, she had asked him weeks ago to pick up a Turbo Man doll because, of course, she did. Obviously. <laughs> so, uh, not wanting to look like a bad husband, too, Howard lies through his teeth. Oh, yeah. The first of many lies. Of course I got it. It's double time. <laughs> <laughs> I loved his 96 uh, Atlanta Olympics sweater that he was wearing in the bedroom. Yeah. So, this must have been like, this movie must have came out before the Olympics and before the Olympics got bombed, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, would as I would assume so. I would assume. <laughs> so Liz makes a huge mistake and takes Howard's word for it. <laughs> Thank goodness he already got one. Uh, because at this point, they would be practically impossible to find. Um, and then I absolutely love this shot. The lights turn out and this contra zoom onto Howard's face and just the wide open eyes. When he does those like takes to the camera, it's some of Arnold's best acting in the whole movie. Definitely. His, he's got that like surprised oh shit face like down. Yeah. Like just down. I actually, re I really love that face. Which I love it. it, but how is he that surprised? I mean, he's just, he literally knows nothing about Turbo Man. And or the his son's and, life. And, <laughs> and the popularity of Turbo Man. Exactly. Because it's. The night before Christmas Eve at this point. And he's like, oh, shit. She's man. right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, so it's the next morning now, and at breakfast, Jamie has his Turbo Man cereal and his Turbo Man jammies. Yeah. He loves Turbo See, Man. See, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> he, is, like, he is blind to Jamie's interest. Yes, he is. Uh, Howard is headed out the door to go to work really quick on Christmas Eve, <laughs> but it's to pick up the D-O-L-L. <laughs> I wish he would have said it. Yeah. But, you know, Jamie's in what, like third grade? Yeah, he knows how to spell so. doll. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he left the he left the he left the quote unquote doll at the office by mistake. So he's just laying lies on top yeah. of lies on Whoopsies. top of lies. Whoopsie daisy. Uh, Jamie doesn't want his dad to go to work because uh, they're going to go to the wintertainment parade. They go every year. Well. Him and mom go every yeah. year. You can't go to work today. I'll be there. I promise. <laughs> I promise. Uh, outside, and Howard runs into Ted and the reindeer that he got for uh, the holiday. What's that, a reindeer? It's a Christmas present for Johnny. You just think of everything, don't you, Ted? What are you going to do with Blitzen after Christmas? <laughs> uh, Ted's going to release him by Lake Minnetonka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been watching some deer for a while, and if nature's kind, they'll take him in. Uh, that's no. not how any of that works. No, it's not. That poor reindeer is going to end up <laughs> yeah. dead on a highway. Definitely. <laughs> Out touching. Ah, <laughs> uh, boy. But uh, that reindeer really does hate Howard. Oh, tries yeah. to bite him immediately. Well, who tries to go at a reindeer mouth first? Yeah, he's <laughs> like, I am going to reach into your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, what is he thinking? <laughs> uh, so Ted suggests maybe it's Howard's aftershave or something. Uh, so that reindeer was part actual deer and animatronic deer head for the facial uh, expressions. Nice. Uh, either way, that deer head looked very scary. <laughs> like yeah, it was yeah. unsettling, right? Definitely. Uh, so how would you like to have acted with that uh, like beheaded deer head? Like it's like chomping and snarling at you. No thanks. That's some nightmare fuel. <laughs> <laughs> Howard at that point he leaves. He gets into his kick-ass suburban, that green suburban. That yeah, was like, that was like the quintessential like parent car in 1995. Yeah. If your parents had a suburban, my parents never had a suburban. You were the coolest. Right, right. <laughs> I had coolest. some friends who had a suburban. Yeah, me too. It was really big in the hockey circles cuz you could put in about 20 kids in there and about 50 hockey bags. So yeah. It was really big. We had a Trans Pontiac Transport van cuz it was a sensible choice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> hey Howard, it's supposed to be icy later. Maybe you should wrap some chains around those tires. Maybe I should wrap some chains around you. What? <laughs> Chains are illegal in Minnesota. Yeah. We don't need worse roads. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, please, dear God, please, don't put chains on you. Dear God. Uh, Howard makes it to Play Toys Company, uh, and he cuts to the, the the front of the line immediately. He's like, yeah. ah, what time are you opening up? <laughs> uh, the store clerk points at the sign, 9 a.m. It's two minutes to nine. So Howard berates the clerk. You're not going to open up because of two minutes? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah, that's not how it works. We yeah, open buffoon. a <laughs> So the crowd finally gets wise to Howard being a jerk up at the front of the line yeah. and pushes him to the back of the line. Enter Sinbad. I mean, Myron. Give him a break. He's trying to get a toy. Go ahead. Have guts, man. Last minute shopping? Yeah. Enough to drive a man insane. It's shopping because it's late, busy time for Christmas. People send Christmas letters so folks don't talk too much, but once a year, not to mention relatives sending presents, they're going to send back. How many toiletry kits does a man need? How about those stupid letters from kids to Santa? Dear Santa, send me a back. No, your father's been laid off. <laughs> 
As if I don't have enough pressure, my son wants me to get some goofy butt toy called Turtle Man. <laughs> Turbo Man, my son wants one too. <laughs> and let the competition begin. You know it's all a ploy. A ploy? Don't you watch TV? We've been setting up our powerful toy cartels. They spend billions of dollars on TV advertisements, and they use subliminal messages to suck your children's mind out. I know what I'm talking about. I went to junior college. I studied psychology. You know what's going on. And then they make the kid feel like garbage because you, the father, who's working 24-7 delivering mail to make alimony payment to a woman that slept with everybody in the post office except me. When you get the toy, it breaks because it's cheap plastic. I'd like to walk into that office, grab him, and just choke him until his eyes pop up. <laughs> and then Myron starts choking a random woman in the crowd? Yeah, and that's just okay. <laughs> you shouldn't wear fur. That's his excuse. Have nobody, everybody's okay with it. That's fine. He's a civil servant. <laughs> Is that the same woman that ends up getting the Turbo Man on Layaway? Is that the same woman? Because Chris Parnell says it's a woman in a fur coat. Yeah, now that you woman? say that, it kind of it could be. I don't know. I don't know if it's the same woman. Or not. That just came to my mind right now. Uh, no time to dwell on that. <laughs> so, uh, the store opened and it's a mad dash to get the hottest toy of the season. Uh, that store clerk guy gets trampled to death. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this movie was partly inspired by the Cabbage Patch cra- craze during Christmas season in 1983. I'm sure you've heard about that and how yeah. wild and crazy it was. It was before either of us were born. But, right. Uh, and then screenwriter Randy Cornfield said that it was also inspired by watching his in-laws struggle to get their hands on a Power Ranger toy. Uh, the similarities between Power Rangers and the Turbo Man are very obvious. We already talked about that. Yeah. Uh, the Turbo Man is sold out. Uh, the Turbo Mans, they're all gone. The Turbo Man dolls, they're all gone. Uh, there's plenty of boosters, though. Nobody wants a booster. Nobody wants a booster. <laughs> we don't want them. We don't want them. Uh, so Howard stops Chris Parnell. Uh, he's an unnamed store clerk in this movie. Uh, it was Chris Parnell's first feature film. That's kind of cool. That's funny. So Howard stops Chris Parnell because he wants him to check to see if there's any more Turbo Mans in back. And Howard is met with laughter. And then uh, the, the clerk brings in his buddy, and they're laughing. And then a random lady, and then she's laughing. And then the whole store is laughing yeah. at Howard. The whole store. It's <laughs> just hilarious to think of. The first couple times I watched this, that kind of just washed over me. Yeah. And then like the last couple, I'm like, the whole store is laughing the at The whole it. <laughs> store thinks it's that funny. Okay, so you've got your Turbo Man doll. But it's still Christmas Eve, and you're still here buying something. <laughs> it's very true. So, it's very true. <laughs> Uh, but Howard's not convinced. But there's got to be one somewhere. And then he finds out that the last one just left. Some lady in a fur coat picked it up. up picked it up off a layaway. So Howard, uh, layaway. <laughs> uh, layaway. <laughs> a hot toy like that probably wouldn't be allowed to go on layaway. Probably not. <laughs> uh, so Howard wants to find this lady and presumably buy it off her or kill her for it. So yeah, that's a twist. One of the two. <laughs> one of the two. Follow Myron's lead and just. <laughs> <laughs> Myron is not going to let that happen, though. He wants it, too, so he knocks Howard over to get a head start in finding the lady in the fur coat. And, of course, this means war, right? It's like a Daffy Duck and uh, Bugs Bunny type of situation here with the two of these people. Of course, you know, this means war. 
Uh, so, <laughs> so Howard uh, does the old RC car attack on Myron. And, uh, he ends up falling on the floor in a giant pile of mail. Uh, we never see Myron pick up any of this mail that he loses <laughs> at any point. So he's presumably just leaving it on the floor. Yeah, he probably should be working and not trying to get a toy while he's working. I would guess. <laughs> but uh, we'll just move past that. Uh, Howard spots the lady in the fur coat in her car, and he gives chase on foot. Uh, she sees him and rightfully peels out and speeds off. Hey, lady! <laughs> like, if I saw him running after me also, I think I'd be like, I'm out of here. <laughs> so at the beginning of this scene, uh, when everybody's lined up at the store and they push their way in and trample that poor clerk, uh, it's two different locations. So on the outside of the store, they are, were filmed on 7th Street at the 7th Street Plaza in downtown St. Paul. And then as soon as they're in the store, it was an interior filmed at the Mall of America in Bloomington. Oh, sure. So it's a seamless transition. You don't notice it. Yeah. But when you think about it now, the two in, like the what you would expect that store to look like on the inside compared to the, what it does, it's kind of like it shouldn't look like a giant warehouse type store with like hung ceilings on the inside. Yeah. It's some small boutique shop on the street, you know, in downtown area. But right. it's kind of interesting. So it's two different locations. So now Howard is in his car and he's searching for Turbo Man. Uh, he's going from store to store. We see those neon signs scrolling across the screen like toys and stuff like that. Just like a drunk in a movie in the 1950s looking yeah. for a bar. <laughs> uh, he finds a phone booth and he makes a call. Uh, he's making calls, trying to find this Turbo Man. He's always met with laughs, offered booster at one point while the clerks are laughing at him. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, finally, we see a, de- a dejected Howard, unable to find a the coveted Turbo Man. Uh, back at home, and Jamie and Johnny are playing while Ted is putting the moves on Howard's wife. Looks like you need some time. Why don't you go take a shower, and I'll take care of the kids and the cookies. <laughs> Ted leans in, unclips her apron, and then like reaches around her yeah. and like, hugs her. It and- gives the creepy <laughs> eyebrow. Oh, oh yeah, I can't Ted handle is it. the worst. Uh, but luckily for us, Ted burns himself on one of the cookies, so yeah. a little bit of instant karma. Yep. And then he yells at the kids, quiet down in there, <laughs> kind of revealing that Ted's not really the nicest guy. It's exactly. Uh, we see Howard using a phone booth yet again because it's the 90s. Uh, Ted answers the phone. Merry Christmas, Langston residents. Hi, Ted. Howard, hey, buddy. How's it going out there? Everything Okay. Yeah, I need to speak to Liz. Could you get... Oh, no, Howard. Excuse me. Your wife's cookies are out of this world. What? Who told you you could eat my cookies? I'm helping Liz out. She's baking up a storm in here. I need to speak with my wife. Could you get her? She's in the shower. You want me to check? No. I mean, no. That's fine. On your way out, tell her I'll be late, but don't worry. Oh, she won't worry. I mean, I'm here, and mmm, all these cookies. I'll get the recipe from Liz. Put that cookie down now! Howard, is there something bothering you? This time of year, there's a very high incidence of stress-related breakdowns. Bing! There's the next batch. I'll give Liz your message. Bye. (laughs) Put the cookie down now! (laughs) They put that in there so he could say it. Oh, 100%. <laughs> That's the only reason that line is in there. Um, which I can't believe he didn't say, I'll be back in this movie. Yeah. That's his catchphrase. Yeah, seriously. They couldn't work in an I'll be back. Come on, come on. Uh, Myron and Howard cross paths yet again. 
and Myron has a proposal. He wants them to team up, but Howard does not like that idea. He wants to do it on his own. Search and destroy, divide and conquer. Me and you, what do you say? Thanks, Myron, but no, no thank you. You understand, right? I understand plenty. That's racism. <laughs> just just calls him out on it. <laughs> just then, a random man announces that another toy store got a late shipment of Turbomans. Yeah. Turboman? Turbomans? Tur- which one <laughs> Turbo is it? Turbomans. I like Turbomans better. So the race for Turboman begins again. Uh, Myron is having a hard time with his mail truck, and Howard is knocking over a police motorcycle with his car. That's never a good thing. Yeah. Uh, not just any police motorcycle, it's the same cop from earlier in the movie. You broke my little mirror. License and registration, please. <laughs> so, I think it's really unbelievable that he's a motorcycle cop in what is December 24th. Yeah. Not in, not happening. There's no chance. Not in Minnesota. There's Sorry, There's no folks. chance. Not happening. There's too much, like salt and dirt and gunk on the road yeah instant death (laughs) instant death (laughs) you would just get on the motorcycle in that weather and just fall over and die just instant (laughs) instant death uh finally howard makes it to the mall of america it's really funny how little the mall of america has changed in the last 25 plus years yeah it is as soon as the shot shows up i know exactly where they're at in the mall right it's the main rotunda yeah right by camp snoopy what used to be camp snoopy yeah uh, so it's it's true. They do have Turbo Mans at the store in limited quantities. Uh, so they're going to do a lottery by handing out numbered balls to determine who gets the dolls. Uh, did you like how the dude giving the announcement was like spitting angry? As, oh, yeah. Quiet! Quiet! Yeah. <laughs> and the employees are just loving every second of every this second. chaos. Like, uh, I love how he was resourceful and used like a kid's like megaphone thing that he yeah. strapped to his chest. Because this funny. is the supply and demand doubling yes. the price. Yes. Yeah. And then the workers like smile <laughs> like, and nod. Yeah. That's right. We're screwing yeah. you over. <laughs> like, why do you get a sick pleasure out of this? This is Christmas <laughs> Eve. Shouldn't you want to be with your family? Right now? I like that angle. That's very funny. Uh, so the employees, they start handing out the balls, but they get overwhelmed. So they just toss them all in the air. Yeah, why not? And uh, it looks like Howard's got a pretty good vertical. He really, yeah, he he really gets up there. But tell me how neither Myron or Howard come down with a ball. They're both like getting doused with the balls as they're jumping in the air. No chance. Like they should have just like been able to like have a couple fall into your jacket yeah definitely should have been able to do it uh they both end up missing the balls though it's pure pandemonium and the balls are flying everywhere uh people are like diving through displays like it's just crazy crazy stuff people fighting over the balls howard gets bitten (laughs) (laughs) Uh, howard manages to escape the melee and does grab a ball i got it i got it uh, Myron sees this and he maces Howard. He maced me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. He maced me. Hits him with the dog uh, mace or whatever that is. Ultimately, very ineffective mace because he just like gets up and yeah. has no problem yeah. whatsoever. Uh, Howard gets the mob to attack the mailman. He got two. He got two. <laughs> and then the ball escapes Myron's grasp as he's being tackled by the throngs of people. That's my ball. Rodney King. Rodney King. Weird joke, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Right? <laughs> definitely. That's a weird joke. And he was, uh, sure, I'll sign on for that. <laughs> so the LA riots were in 1991, correct? He, I mean, yeah, before this movie. Yeah, but that's only five years removed at max? Yeah. From a man getting beaten by the LA police? Thro- throw it in a family movie? Yeah. A children's Christmas movie? And what was at the time the largest trial to have ever been on television, period? Right. Cause giant riots, like it's a weird joke to me. It's definitely a risk. It's a. W- 
I, I laughed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that ball bounces down an escalator and through Legoland. I mean, Legoland, right? Legoland. Legoland. And it's like the classic, classic Legoland. It's like three times the size of what it is now. Yeah. The Legoland there now is much smaller. Much it's tinier. in a much condensed space. I remember spending a lot of time there when we would go to the mall and just like hanging out looking at Legos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Howard's chasing that ball the whole time as it's bouncing improbably through Legoland and gaining speed. <laughs> yeah. He uh, jumps off an escalator onto a piano and nobody's like, well, stop that. Everybody's like, oh. <laughs> the ball ends up in a little girl's hands. This is my ball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this was the scene I mentioned in the last episode that I had wa- I had witnessed this movie being filmed at Mall of America. And this was the scene that I witnessed. No, I shouldn't say this was the scene that I witnessed being s- filmed. But I witnessed this set and like the stuntman walking through. Well, I don't actually know that it was the stuntman because some dude next to us on like the th- we were on like the third floor. Yeah. And some dude next to us is like, that's the stuntman. And I was like, oh, OK. <laughs> so I, I think it was the stuntman. I think man. it was. Uh, but it, there was no active filming going on. But I would manage to see this uh, set up in the main rotunda. So that was pretty dang cool. Uh, so uh, what does Howard do? He does what any sane adult would do in this situation. And he chases that kid down. Uh, but. First, in a painfully slow elevator ride, which is pretty funny. Some good comic effect as he's just riding down that uh, elevator yeah. watching the child with the ball. Uh, some great physical comedy from Arnold watching him climb through that playland. It's pretty funny every time. Uh, Arnold, Arnold finally, Howard finally, crashes down a slide into the ball pit. <laughs> uh, that ball pit was 70% bodily fluid by the time the film was done being made. Yeah, <laughs> and then that little girl eats the ball. Uh, that should be the to the concern of somebody. Get somebody. that ball out of your mouth. Somebody. Nobody cares. Uh, at first, Howard offers the girl a nice red ball from the ball pit. Yeah, that, she must. He must have thought that kid was a dummy. <laughs> She's definitely not going for it. Uh, Howard reaches for the little girl to get the ball from her mouth and is met with a cacophony of blows from a multitude of large, what were probably very heavy per- purses. Right? Yeah. Pervert! I'm not a pervert. I'm just trying to get. Turboman doll. <laughs> <laughs> and then enter Santa and his little helper. You want a Turbo Man for Christmas? Forget it, I'm not sitting on your lap. That's not Santa's bag. Get it? <laughs> yeah, not a very good joke. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Howard is shown a Polaroid of the elf, uh Polaroid from the elf of a Turbo Man doll, uh, with the day's paper proving that it's <laughs> real, like like the Turbo Man dolls being held hostage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, to Howard's credit, he does smell a scam. So Obviously. Yeah. Uh, but he is drawn in by the doll. Surely we can come to some kind of an agreement. You got the cash, we got the doll. How much? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Santa doesn't deliver presents in broad daylight. Yep. So that's a red flag. So they got to get in a car and go somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, but because of lack of foresight on Howard's part, he is forced to play Santa's game. So Howard leaves to get a Turbo Man from a shady counterfeit toy ring run by criminals dressed as Santa. Lots of Santas dressed up. Why are they all dressed as Santa while they're trying to make these toys? I don't know. Eh, for comic effect, yeah, I guess. guess. Uh, it's a pretty funny bit, really. Uh, the secret knock is Jingle Bells. I'm sure you noticed that. <laughs> yep. And then the password is Jingle Bells Batman Smells, which yeah. is very funny to me yeah. every time. Uh, finally, we get our Vern Troyer cameo. There he is. Uh, did you pause and read the magazine that he was uh, reading? No, I did not. Well, you know I did. <laughs> uh, so it's a nudie mag. Which is kind of funny. 
it's got uh, articles like how to throw a sex fight. <laughs> uh, Professor McCantry's collage of thrills. Uh, new bedroom directory can help you with your sex problems. And then the real topper, the topper of all toppers. How to get more protein from sex. Uh, all right. Yikes. That's in a kid's movie. That's in a kid's movie. Man. So they are making counterfeit toys, right? Right. That's what they're making. Um, Howard thinks things don't look kosher. They, they really don't. No. <laughs> but Santa says they're doing a service for kids, not scamming them with fakes. No, you're scamming them with fakes. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, Santa's elf produces that Turbo Man, and everything works out. Howard is a hero. His son isn't scarred for life, wondering why his dad didn't want to spend time with him. Nope, it's a fake, because of course it is. Yeah. And it's a $300 fake at that. Es el tiempo del hombre del turbo. I'm going to do that again. Es el tiempo del hombre del turbo. What a very funny thing. It's a multilingual version. It's fun and educational. Then, of course, it falls apart. Uh, some assembly require. <laughs> right. Well, at this point, Howard has had a knife and uh, has, he, he, I bet you he wish he had a knife. So at this point, Howard has had enough and calls out Santa. Uh, you're just a two-bit criminal. Uh, but those are fighting words at the North Pole. Uh, Howard isn't going to hit a Santa, though. What are you, chicken? Mm-hmm. So Howard punches a Santa. <laughs> <laughs> Sending him head over heels, which is hilarious. Just Get him! Head over heels. It was like a perfect cartoon because he was like a bowling pin yeah. rolling over head over heels, which is very funny. Uh, Howard has to fight his way out of a room full of Santas. Honestly, I don't think I would have seen that coming when I went no. into this movie the first time watching Definitely it. Definitely not. I, do you think that's a uh, a case of... Arnold's an action star, so we need an action sequence. I think so, for sure. But he doesn't really do a lot of action-y stuff in it. Yeah, he gets his butt kicked. Basically, he gets tased in the ass at one point. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You get some cool stuff like that nunchuck Santa, which is always fun. Yeah. <laughs> and giant Santa. Who Obviously. doesn't want a giant well, Santa? <laughs> it's the big show. <laughs> That's right. That is Paul White, a.k.a. Big Show. That's funny as hell. I love it. <laughs> I loved wrestling as a kid, so that was a great surprise. <laughs> especially, especially like his only line, I'm going to deck your halls, bub. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bub. So seeing Vern Troyer get punched in the face and sent across the room, Probably shouldn't be as funny as it was. Shouldn't be as funny as it was, but it probably got him the role in Austin Powers. Probably <laughs> did. Probably did. But God damn, that is funny every time. <laughs> <laughs> so just as it seems that Howard is going to be crushed to death at the bottom of a pile of Santas. What a way to go. Yeah. <laughs> the police break into the warehouse. It's the Grinch! Scatter! <laughs> what a great line. Do you recognize that actor that was playing the Santa's helper? He plays uh, Jimmy in a few in a quite a few episodes. I think his name was Jimmy. In in Seinfeld, one of Kramer's oh, okay. friends. He's in a bunch of episodes of Seinfeld. Uh in a great bit of quick thinking, Howard impersonates a detective. That was really good. Yeah, he's really quick on his feet. Yeah. Uh, he manages to convince the officers that uh, they just uh, effed up a scene, a case that he's been working on for three years. Yeah, yeah. So that's three Christmases that he's let kids and adults get scammed. <laughs> <laughs> three Christmases. Wait till the commissioner hears about this one. He's going to hit the roof. <laughs> <laughs> Back on the highway with Howard, and he is out of gas. 
Um, he's going to miss the parade for sure at this point. There's no like there's no chance of him making the parade, basically. Yeah. So why not stop at a diner and not go get gas? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> why not? Just a way to throw Mickey's diner in there, I guess. Basically, because it's a landmark. Back at home and Ted has thrown a holiday get together for the families on the block. You're an amazing man, Ted. I wish every husband were more like you. Thanks. We should get together and swap recipes. Gross, man. Gross. Yeah, dude. Um, everyone is loving it. Uh, Jamie is obviously very jealous of his friend Johnny, Ted's son. Uh, we find out that Ted hasn't always been so nice. It wasn't until he got a divorce that he became a good dad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. And in what you could consider a dark joke in the movie, Johnny recommends that Jamie's parents get a divorce. Yeah. <laughs> it did wonders for my dad. Oh, my God. Uh, plus, the reindeer's name is Ted. <laughs> I think if my son was like, I'm going to name this crazy reindeer after you, Dad, I'd be like, gee, thanks, kiddo. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Thanks. <laughs> uh, poor, sad Jamie runs into the house and his mom follows. The phone rings, and it's Howard. It's just great. Jamie knew he'd call. Hey, listen, I need to talk to your mother. You can't. Why not? She's next door petting Ted. She's what? (laughs) That's got to be one of his best lines, that she's petting Ted. Like, what? Uh, Well, that phone call doesn't go too well because Howard makes Jamie cry. (laughs) It's not, not going too well. He yells at him for being sad that his dad's not there. Pretty crappy dad at this point in the movie. It's his fault he's not there, because it's his fault that he didn't get a Turbo Man, because it's his fault that he works too much. Because it's his fault that he didn't listen to his wife, who he pretended like, oh, you thought I wouldn't do something you asked me to do. He has absolutely zero grounds to be yelling at his son (laughs) at this point. Ah, man. Uh, Jamie, to his credit, does call out Howard on his lack of promise keeping. Yep. Uh, after being hung up by his son, uh, Howard hangs up another public phone because, once again, 90s stuff. Uh, there's nothing more satisfying than slamming a phone down and hanging up on somebody on an old receiver. Right? Oh, yeah. Ah, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Howard sits down at the lunch counter, and guess who's there? Myron. <laughs> <laughs> so, if producer Chris Columbus had his way, Joe Pesci would have had uh, played Myron Larrabee. Uh, Columbus had directed Pesci in two of the quintessential Christmas movies of the 90s, Home Alone and Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. Uh, Talks quickly stalled because Pesci was on the cusp of his retirement. I think he only took like four more movie roles after uh, Home Alone 2. Uh, So plus the physical differences between Schwarzenegger and Pesci. Uh, the studio's execs uh, feared that audience wouldn't believe Pesci could like physically challenge Arnie for a battle in a sure, battle. Sure, so, that makes sense. There's a couple of reasons why Pesci didn't do it. I would say Pesci didn't do it mostly because he probably wanted to retire. Yeah. I would say not the whole physical. Because if you're going to get Joe Pesci in a movie, you're going to take Joe Pesci in the movie. Right, right. Uh, but luckily for uh, Howard, Myron is coming in peace at this point. Uh, They regale each other with Christmas uh, stories of the past and Howard's fond memory of a clubhouse that he built for Jamie. Uh, They even had to have Christmas dinner up there one year. (laughs) Uh, And Myron has a story of how his father let him down by not getting him a Johnny 7 OMA doll. Uh, Not getting that toy ruined Myron's life. (laughs) (laughs) Completely ruined it. You remember Scotty Sherman, the CEO of Sherman Industries? He got that doll and became a billionaire. I think he says millionaire in it, but yeah. It's not that much money anymore. Uh, Myron's working a dead-end job and has no future. And in that moment, Howard sees uh, what could become of Jamie. 
an underage federal employee with a drinking problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when he takes that swig out of the whiskey bottle, it is hilarious yeah. every time. Ah, Howard cannot let that happen. Uh, there's got to be a turbo doll around here somewhere. Enter our KQRS DJ to the rescue. Call in and name Santa's eight reindeer, and you can be the proud owner of a Turbo Man doll. <laughs> so now, of course, it's a mad dash to the phone booth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? Howard gets there first and actually gets through to the DJ, but Myron rips the handset out of the phone. Yeah, I can't on. believe he got through immediately. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like a population three million people that are listening potentially to that radio station. Right. He gets through immediately. <laughs> Ah, uh, but luckily for them, the radio station is just over on Wabasha. And nobody calls in the meantime. <laughs> nobody calls in the meantime. Nobody does. So Myron and Howard race to the station. Uh, it's really funny how they both try to squeeze out of the diner door right away at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, Myron hip checks Howard into a couple of paper booths or whatever you want to call those yeah. things. Uh, and you're barking up the wrong tree. <laughs> uh, Myron basically has no chance to keep up with Howard. He's, uh, Howard is in much better shape. Uh, it is funny how Myron's just throwing mail out of his mail bag to <laughs> yeah, lighten the load. Definitely. Those poor people aren't getting any of their mail. Uh, Howard's chanting the names of the reindeer as he runs. Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Donner, Blitzen. <laughs> I can do that better. Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Donner, Blitzen. <laughs> yes. Uh, and Howard makes it to the station first. Uh, they still they still haven't gotten, nobody's called nope. in yet. Nope, no. Nope. Nope. Uh, as a matter of fact, as we get into the station, it's KQRS, you're on the air. And somebody's going, uh, Randy? Jermaine, Tito. <laughs> nope, not even close. Not even kind of close. It's like the Jackson 5. <laughs> yeah, what are you talking about? What question did you hear? And then you got Howard in pure maniac mode, slamming on the radio booth window. I got the answer. <laughs> so the DJ does what any rational person would do and calls 911. <laughs> I got a madman in my studio. Help me. <laughs> so... Howard breaks the door down, yeah. <laughs> enters the studio, and just starts screaming the name of the reindeer at him. <laughs> uh, did I win? Did I win? It's not that easy. Uh, Myron finally shows up and threatens everybody with a bomb. Yeah. <laughs> you know, hundreds of these going through the mail every day. I just kept one in case. <laughs> so, so ridiculous. So uh, give Myron the doll or everyone's going to get blowed up. Uh, Howard tries to talk Myron off the ledge. Myron, come on, old buddy. Give me the package, all right? Did you call me buddy? Yeah. I'm not your buddy. I wanted to be your friend, but no, you had other plans from Myron Larrabee. <laughs> you were no different than those civilians, those letter, writing, those letter writers who laugh at my knee socks and safari hat. My ponytail, man, I know you're kind. You put the trash can in front of your mailbox, so I have to get out of my Jeep. <laughs> no, no, not true. I recycle. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, finally fed up, Myron tosses the supposed bomb in the air. Eat the deck. <laughs> Turns out to be a music box, and Howard is rightfully pissed. Yeah. Look, I'm sorry. It's the pressure of the zip plus four. <laughs> oh, man, I love that. Oh, boy. So Howard, um, Howard is going to punch Myron out at this point. Don't hit me. I got sickle cell. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that being a very ad-libbed line by Sinbad at Definitely. that point. Because that's a very funny joke. It also turns out that uh, the DJ, all the DJ had was a gift certificate for a Turbo Man doll. Yeah. So you can get one as soon as they're back in stock at stores, which ultimately, if you wrapped that and gave it to your kid, hey, 
That's good enough, right? That's good, good enough. enough. That's definitely I don't good have enough. It, but I tried. Yeah. I tried. Unless it says like KQRS all over it and like December twenty fourth on it and stuff like that. Yeah. His wife Liz would be like, You didn't get it, did you? You didn't get it. You didn't get it. There's one problem because of the nine one one was called. They can hear because nine one one was called, they can hear sirens in the distance now. Uh so with the cops on the way, it is time to skedaddle. Myron makes it to the elevators first, but the cops are already there. Freeze! And then Howard quietly sneaks away and goes to the staircase. I'm out of here. (laughs) He runs into our reoccurring cop once again. Officer Hummel is his name. His name isn't said in the movie at all, but that's his name. Uh, Howard just can't seem to stay out of trouble. Uh, Myron does the old mom trick again. (laughs) (laughs) You wouldn't hurt a fellow civil servant, would you? Hey, back up. This is a homemade explosive device. I'll blow it up. And I work for the post office, so you know I'm not stable. <laughs> Tell him, Howard. This man is totally insane. <laughs> <laughs> he looks so dejected because yeah. he gets brought back up there by Officer Hummel right back with the rest of the cops. He's like, this man is totally insane. <laughs> He's just like shaking his head, looking down. It's very funny. So Myron orders all the cops to drop their guns. So they do. Howard ditches and Myron takes the elevator after he puts the supposed bomb back on the ground. Nobody move. I know because I have the ears of a snake. <laughs> ears of a sn- Do snakes have ears? I don't know. <laughs> nice try, Myron. So Officer Hummel picks up the bomb against the advice of everybody in the, in the room. <laughs> it's okay, though. He was on the bomb squad for 10 years. Yeah. So, yeah, he was trained to ap- approach a potential explosive device without any equipment and then to pick it up, shake it. And then sniff it. (laughs) That's what he was trained to do. Howard makes it outside to the street and Myron makes it into the Skyway. Skyways, man. I'm glad they kind of get featured because it's a big feature of downtown Minneapolis because Mm -hmm. it gets very cold here. So why do you want to walk outside? It's like its own contained little area. It's cool. Have you ever spent any time in the Skyways? Just like a little bit little going bit. from, I forget where we were going, some restaurant. Mm. I've I've done because of Timberwolves games, because you can get out, like go through the uh, Skyways to get out to parking a little bit further away sure. without having it to be cold and stuff. And when I was doing training for the job that we have, um, I was sent to uh, Minneapolis downtown. That's where our training was and stuff. And so the Skyways are open all night for you to use. I don't know if they are anymore, but they were 20 years ago. Sure. <laughs> and so I just spent one evening just walking through the Skyways. Ways and got reasonably lost at one point and had to like go outside and be like, uh, oh, okay, this is the way this, I, is right. okay, this is where I need to go. So those skyways, I'm glad they get a I'm glad they get a feature in this movie because it's a it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Just then the package explodes. That was really a bomb. We live in a sick world with sick people. <laughs> Uh, back over at the diner and Howard's Suburban was totally stripped in broad daylight. Yeah. They even took the time to spray paint Merry Christmas on the, on yeah, the Christmas windshield. Eve. <laughs> on Christmas Eve. Howard makes it back home after a tow and there are some carolers on the street. Do people still do that? I don't think so. I, have you ever had any experience with carolers? Never. Yeah. Me neither. Nobody. Yeah. If somebody came to my door singing, I'd be like, uh, uh, thanks. <laughs> Okay, okay, that's bye. enough. That's enough. <laughs> uh, and Malcolm in the middle, the grandma makes Rice Krispie bars, and one of the kids tries to eat them, and it's disgusting and hard, and she says, those are for the carolers. And then she goes out and whips them at the carolers. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's hilarious. I remember that episode. Now, that's hilarious. 
Howard happens to see through his picture window in the front of his house that Ted is putting the star on the top of Howard's tree. Uh, that son of a bitch. <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> putting, I don't care who you are, you're pissed <laughs> at this point in the movie. Putting up my star on my tree. <laughs> uh, just then, Ted's words from earlier come back to Howard. I got a turbo man for Johnny months ago. It's nestled safely under our tree. Under our tree. Under our tree. <laughs> so Howard is going to resort to burglary to get his son a turbo man. He is like... Not a very good dude through a lot of this movie. No. <laughs> I'm going to steal somebody else's because I hate him. <laughs> Come on, Howard. Uh, mostly out of revenge. I mean, he really does hate Ted. But True. Not good reasons to steal Christmas presents. Yeah. <laughs> Never good reasons. Uh, back inside with the Langstons, and uh, Liz is shutting Ted down. Thankfully, she never really falls for anything that Ted does. No. he's all. She's always looking at him with like a side glance, like, "What's your angle here, bub?" And she's Which, always her way credit, nicer than anyone would be nowadays. It's very, very true. <laughs> Which she should not be as nice as she is to Ted. She does tell Ted that Howard puts the star on the tree. He's pretty adamant about it. Too bad he's not as adamant about spending time with his family on Christmas Eve. Ultimately, what is Ted's angle with Liz? Does he want to wed her or bed her? I think bed and wed. Right? Bed and wed? Yeah. Bed and it's a double it's a double platter. It seems like he's sleeping with the rest of the women in the neighborhood. Right. So maybe bed and wed cuz he's Bed and wed. It's the it's the She's the only one to put any resistance up. She, right? She's the silver tuna. Yeah. Yeah, she's yeah. the silver tuna. <laughs> That's a terrible thing to say about a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Over at Ted's house and Howard is breaking in with the old credit card trick. You don't see that enough in TV and movies anymore, do you? No. The old credit card. Probably because it doesn't work. Probably doesn't work. <laughs> uh, in the house and Howard grabs the Turbo Man doll that was conveniently wrapped in Turbo Man wrapping paper, completely destroying the purpose of wrapping it in wrapping paper. Because you know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> but whatever. Uh, Howard spots the carolers outside and he doesn't want to get busted. He tries to like kind of slink underneath the window, but he decides he's going to go out the back door. Uh, two problems, though. Howard finally grows a conscience. Finally. Yeah. What am I doing? Look at me stealing from a kid. I can't do this. You're going to go back. And he's like looking at the Turbo Man. Like, <laughs> yeah. You're going to go back. And one ornery reindeer. Nice doggy. <laughs> <laughs> Howard and the reindeer run back into the house, destroying everything and launching a wise man's head into the fireplace, which is very funny to me every time. Yeah. Uh, Howard traps the reindeer and then notice that the fire that Balthazar's head is causing is uh, getting a little bit out of control. So he does the first thing any sane person would do and kick the head out of the fireplace, spreading the fire even more in the, neighbor <laughs> in the house and then kicking it out the front window. Yeah. Like, how come... What's your logic here, buddy? There is none. <laughs> none logic. Movie logic. Uh, Liz notices Howard in Ted's house, because how could you miss it? And Ted is very sad for a Balthazar's disembodied flaming head in his front yard. Oh, Balthazar. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Liz and Ted head into Ted's house to see what in the actual hell is going on. And it is not looking very good for Howard. It's not what you think. <laughs> it isn't? Really? As far as she knows... He already got a Turbo Man for Jamie weeks ago. Yeah. And it looks like you've broken into your neighbor's house 
and it looks like you're stealing presents from underneath their tree. <laughs> not a good, uh, not looking too good for Howard, because I mean that's exactly what he was doing. Uh, Howard wants to tell his side of the story, even though it might be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> he wants to tell the truth finally, finally, when his back is about as far against the wall as you could possibly get it. Yeah. Uh, Liz is very sick of Howard's truths, and she really doesn't want to hear it. She just wants to go to the wintertainment parade with her son. Mic drop. Liz out. Out. <laughs> it is how I love how she like turns back, shoots like icy stare at the uh, at Howard, and is like, "Ted, can you drive us?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like slam, slam. Well, now that Ted and Liz have left, our old friend the reindeer make an appearance. Uh, we're going to do that over. So you can read that part right there. You can't bench press your way out of this one. Now that Ted and Liz have left, our old friend, the reindeer has made his reappearance and, uh, uh, Howard knocks that fucker out. (laughs) Absolutely (laughs) hilarious. So funny. You started it. It's not a good reason to punch an animal, but I mean, it was going to probably like maul him to death. (laughs) So I get it. Probably. <laughs> and then I love how he like looks at his hand and like shakes it out like every yeah. other movie that he's punched somebody in. Right. Man. After uh, Liz, Jamie and Johnny uh, and Ted all leave in Ted's bitchin caravan. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know anybody that had one of those caravans? Because they were all over the place at the time. I didn't. Uh, I didn't. I had. I knew I wasn't personal friends, but I knew a dude whose parents had a maroon one with the wood paneling. That's oh, nice. a pretty common one. Yeah, everybody. Well, I wanted one of those when I was a kid. I'm like, let's get the caravan. Nope, Pontiac Transport. <laughs> <laughs> Howard and his new reindeer friend share a grain belt premium because this is Minnesota and that's a Minnesota beer. Uh, Howard realizes that he has to try to win his family back. I mean, duh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Took you long enough. Duh. Um, and it's time for him to start keeping his promises. So we're at the Wintertainment Parade, and this parade scene took three weeks to film. Uh, it was the most ambitious sequence in Jingle All the Way. Obvious, you can tell that it took a lot to do. Yeah. Um, was this an existing parade that the crew the crew just decided to like insert themselves into? No, it was not. They made their own parade for this movie. Uh, filming for this scene took three weeks, like I said, and involved fifteen hundred extras. That's Jeez. a lot of extra people. Uh, I also included three custom made floats uh, to form the Turbo Man section of the parade. And this scene was also filmed at Universal Studios on New York Street uh, with the extras bundled up in what was sweltering California weather. (laughs) They made it. When you know that, you can tell that it's not Minnesota in the winter. It just looks too much like summer, I guess. I don't know. Um, the parade looked like a lot of fun to me either way. Um, WFTC 29 is a real channel. It's still on the air. If you're wondering out there, podcast people, uh, did you enjoy the name Gale Force for the weatherman? (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Gale Force. (laughs) Uh, we're back with the parade now and we see Sonic and Ninja Turtles, Gumby, Snoopy, the Tick, Paddington, Paddington Bear, are those all Fox properties? Because isn't this a Fox movie, right? This is a Fox. They, they must. Be. They must be Fox properties. Because yeah. that's quite the list of it's like quite the lineup. '90s uh, celebrity stuff, celebrity images, whatever yeah. you want to call them, copyright material. Uh, Ted and Liz finally get a moment alone in the van after Jamie and Johnny leave. That sexy, sexy van. <laughs> <laughs> and Ted is laying on all the moves. Non-alcoholic eggnog. <laughs> Then he confesses his feelings for Liz. Uh, For him, 
the, it was the, the moment Ted realized his feelings for Liz was at the barbecue last summer uh, when she asked him how he marinated his ahi tuna. All you need is salad dressing. <laughs> All you need is salad dressing. <laughs> oh, man, that's very funny. Uh, she's luckily for Howard and for us, the viewer, because it'd be too much if she was into it. She's not having it one bit. Uh, Howard finally makes it to the parade and sees Liz and Ted in the sex van uh, because he's banged all those uh, housewives in that van, I'm sure. Yeah. (laughs) Howard, incensed, runs towards the van straight into the officer, straight into Officer Hummer, straight into Officer Hummel. Hot coffee on them burnt hands. That's got to hurt, right? (laughs) That's not good. That's really got to hurt. So Howard has to run from that police officer again, and he loses that cop in a maze of school buses after he kind of takes himself out by running into a school bus for some reason. I don't know how he missed that. but Yeah. Uh, and then we see Liz and Ted again, and Ted moves in for a kiss, and uh, he gets a thermos to the head. That didn't go exactly as I'd hoped. No, it did not, Ted. No, it did not. Still trying to evade arrest, Howard runs into the first open door he sees, basically. Just so happens to be backstage at the Turbo Man float. And things kind of spiral for Howard at at this point. Thank God we got him, people. Listen up. We're running late, so pay attention. You read the instruction manual we sent you, right? You know about the important controls? Uh, Here are a couple of of the changes. Uh, There are three cutoff valves to the nitro fuel. At any point. Howard could have simply yelled maybe something like (laughs) to get everything to stop. But he just kind of goes along with it. And they're like stripping him down and uh, putting that stuff on. He's going like, (laughs) he just goes along it and uh, allows himself to be completely outfitted in Turbo Man's uh, costume. Then it was revealed that there was a horrible accident with Pete, the original performer. <laughs> yeah. uh, they're pretty confident that all the kinks have been worked yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Rest assured, Pete's accident was a total freak accident. Plus, he actually showed some brain activity this morning. And doctors say, that's a really good sign. <laughs> <laughs> showed some brain activity. I wish I, wish I knew what happened to poor Pete. <laughs> yeah. Ah, it's showtime now, and Howard runs into a very ungrateful booster with a tasteless Asian people eating dog meat joke. I mean, that's a 90s comedy for you, I guess. I mean, just come on with that stuff. Also, uh, that's Booger from Revenge of the Nerds, real name Curtis Armstrong. Uh, He's got many, many, many more uh, acting credits out there, but mostly I know him from Revenge of the Nerds. Uh, He just says, have a great show. (laughs) (laughs) And it's the moment we have all been waiting for. Howard is revealed revealed as Turbo Man on the parade route. Wave, you idiot. Wave? Yes. This is cool. <laughs> like, what the? Like, One of the weakest parts of the whole movie. It doesn't lines? make any sense. Like, uh, wait, oh, wave. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> hey. And I'm getting good response here. It's so, it's so weird. Like, is that Arnold's idea of ad-libbing? I, mean, I know. Potentially. Yeah. <laughs> wave? Yes. This is cool. <laughs> oh, man. Jamie spots Turbo Man and instantly realizes it's his father and they salute each other. They don't, but I mean, he should have. Yeah, he should have. (laughs) 
In minutes, Turbo Man is going to pick a special child from the crowd, and that lucky child is going to get a limited edition Turbo Man doll. Then the doll rises from the float, <laughs> and it just like slowly rises up. Howard grabs it and raises it above his head, but not before staring at it and gently hugging it. Yeah. <laughs> just a lo- he loves uh, himself. Even like caresses like cups the head as if it's like an infant yeah. <laughs> taking better, better care of that doll than jamie yeah uh he realizes that he finally got one he got the turbo man doll for jamie christmas is saved his marriage is saved <laughs> thank god with the mentor set to jump on the float and commence the performance part of their float we see him being captured but by who who could it be <laughs> Back on the float. (laughs) Uh, Would you pick a kid already? And who does he pick? Jamie. (laughs) And then Liz says, that's your dad. Nope. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) But really, she encourages her son to go up there. Go ahead, Jamie. He chose you. Go ahead. Jamie climbs the float to get his turbo man. Merry Christmas, Jamie. But how do you know my name? (laughs) Well, Jamie, you see... I am your father. Do you think it's weird that he nearly delivered like the Darth Vader line to the person that's going to play Anakin Skywalker? 100%. And also, he refers to himself as dad, I feel like, in every other situation in the movie. Yeah. So this was so weird that he decided to say father here because it takes longer to get out. It does. So that way he can get stopped mid saying it. It's because this was before he was even cast. Yeah. As Anakin Skywalker. And it's so close to it. It's just such a weird harmonic convergence, as I like to call them, I guess. Such a weird thing. And I know we talked about this. The actual line from Darth Vader is, no, I am your father. But everybody knows it as, Luke, I am your father. It's just so close. It's weird. (laughs) (laughs) Not so fast, though. Here comes the imposter Dementor. It's Myron, the reveal. All right, kid. Give me the doll and nobody gets hurt. Myron? That's right, Turtle Man. Thought your little suit idea was so slick. I'm one step ahead of you because I've got a bigger brain. You're taking this too far. I'm not going home without that doll. That's that's like getting serious now. (laughs) (laughs) Booster tells Myron that this isn't the way we rehearse this. And what does that get him? A massive uppercut, sending him flying off the float. Then the kids attack Booster on the ground. Nobody likes you, Booster. Nobody. (laughs) The irrational hate for Booster is hilarious. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever, but I really, I enjoy that a lot. It's very funny to me. Uh, Myron kidnaps Jamie and hits Howard with his flying fist, knocking him to the ground. And they present it as if his hand actually flew off his body. Because then he gets it back and he likes, okay. (laughs) (laughs) It seems as though Turbo Man has been defeated. It's the end of civilization as we know it. Thanks a lot, Gale Force. But no, use your turbo discs. Hey, Myron, I have a special delivery for you. Get it? He's a mailman. mailman. <laughs> and it ha- it appears Turbo Man has saved the day. Howard's little dance that he does. Such a weird little Arnold Schwarzenegger dance so that he weird. does all the time. Uh, but look, it's the demon team and they hold up Howard. Don't you know the choreography? Why are they beating him? <laughs> Why are they fighting him? <laughs> yeah. Why are they fighting him? Uh, Jamie runs, and he gets past Dementor by punching him in the nuts. Myron gives chase, and uh, no one in the crowd is none the wiser. They all think it's part of the show, including the police officer that stops Liz from pursuing her son. 
she at least knows that something's going on and he's not part of the performance she literally says to him and then he still like holds her back he's like sure lady whatever (laughs) jamie climbs to the top of the building and myron follows obviously it's a stuntman climbing up the uh the the ladder he's got a kid's a kid's backpack on adult. (laughs) yeah especially when there's that half a second shot where it's like the when they both get up onto the roof and it's kind of a down shot at Jamie going up there and then Myron comes up it's like obviously an adult because the backpack looks so tiny on their back yeah it's very funny Howard notices Myron and his son atop the building across the street he tosses a little person and moves forward (laughs) which is pretty funny Uh, knowing his son is in trouble he hears fly turbo man use your jetpack as Myron and Jamie climb the decorative Christmas tree across the street uh, Arnold, well, Howard goes, it's turbo time. <laughs> and he takes off. The scene is just like, it's just like cartoony comic gold, I think, really, right? Yeah. Um, it looks pretty good for 90s via, via, it looks pretty good for 90s VFX stuff. It's obvious, uh, like a green screen and stuff like that and done like in post-production, but I think it looks decent. Oh yeah. It's not too, uh, not too distracting. It fits in a kid's movie. Um, after flying every which way, including through someone's Christmas dinner, why weren't they watching the parade? It's right outside their house, but they're having Christmas dinner in the middle of the afternoon on Christmas Eve. It's kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> Howard crashes to the ground rather unceremoniously after he turns off the jets because he was going to like fly into the ground otherwise. And he just kind of crashes <laughs> yeah. to the ground. He accomplished absolutely nothing, nothing. By, by flying around. And now his son is actually in some real peril because the metal framed Christmas tree is falling. Right. <laughs> With Myron and Jamie hanging on for dear life, dangling above the street. Yeah. So don't sit on Myron's grip strength. Yeah, don't sit on that. Top 10 for sure, Top right? 10 for sure. <laughs> top 10. Is, right up there with Robin. Yeah, right up top 10. I'll give him top 10. Uh, Howard gets to his feet and uses his turbo rang. I don't like that name for some reason, Turbo Rang. Turbo I don't, I don't know what else you would call it. Um, it misses on the first pass, and Myron steals the Turbo Man doll out of Jamie's backpack. But it's a boomerang, so it's going to come back and get him on the second pass. Of course. <laughs> <You know. laughs> uh, and then Myron ends up falling, and he just lands on a float gently below him. <laughs> yeah. Not hurt one bit. Not hurt one bit. I got one. I really got one. He's very proud of himself for having gotten that Turbo Man doll finally. But not so fast because he's got about a billion guns pointed at him at this point because he's under arrest now because he just like commandeered a float and like kidnapped a kid and stuff. Like <laughs> yeah. that. So he's going to go to jail. Uh, but what about Jamie? He's losing his grip and he's about to fall. His final plea. Turbo Man, help! Jamie! <laughs> He just loves screaming Jamie. Uh, Turbo Man flies into action and saves his son, just like the beginning of the movie. And then they go for a little joyride because Howard's an expert jetpacksman at this point. Yeah, obviously. (laughs) And Jamie still has no idea Turbo Man is his dad. To be fair, he doesn't spend much time with him. Good point. (laughs) Good point. Now that we're to the end of this movie, we have realized he does not spend very much time with them. So that one is more believable. It's the fact that Liz can't tell when he's like, Jamie. (laughs) That is a really great point. They do try to get around that by saying like he's got a voice modulator in his mask or something like that. But it still sounds like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, there's no voice modulator in the world that can mask Arnold's voice. Nope, not one bit. Uh, So they land safely right Next to Liz, because he's really good at jetpacking, like I said. (laughs) Liz is there. She thanks Turbo Man for the safe return of her son. 
thank you, sir. She still doesn't know it. Thank. It's so weird. Yeah. This whole sequence is just kind of weird. The jig is obviously up. She should know it's Howard at this point. Seriously. Like, the jig is up. <laughs> the jig is up. The jig is up. He finally reveals himself. What if it was your father? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone is shocked. Oh, my God. Aren't even, like, the people in the crowd like, oh! It's not who I thought it was going to be. <laughs> you knew who Turbo Man was? I thought I did, but I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I know I've been neglecting both of you, but no more. I love you. I love you both. <laughs> and just like that, he's won his family back over. Yep. Quick flash to Ted and his son. Uh, Ted finds out that Howard is Turbo Man. So he's like, we got to get out of here. Ah, yeah. Why is he so concerned about getting out of there? Because yeah. I don't know. And why like... the hell does he smell like barf? <laughs> this kid says, you smell like barf. And I'm thinking, okay, it looks the same as the eggnog. Yeah. On him. So apparently the kid hates eggnog. Maybe it just like curdled for being on Yeah. Him. Maybe yeah. that's what it was. I don't know. But still, I thought the same thing. I'm like, weird line. And I'm like, how do you justify that? Maybe the milk curdled in like 10 minutes. In 10 minutes. That's and... Or he's going to serve her already curdled eggnog. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. I don't know. Uh, Officer Hummel returns the Turbo Man to Jamie. I think you need the. Are you missing something, son, or whatever he says? It's something like that. Our running gag with Officer Hummel finally comes to an end when he tells Turbo Man they could really use someone like him on the force. Yeah. <laughs> Howard turns around and Hummel is obviously stunned and it's very priceless. It's oh, yeah. Another bit of good acting on Arnold's po- a part. He yeah. just plays that part very well. I'm sorry about the bike. And the coffee, and the bus, and the bomb. (laughs) (laughs) And in one of the weirder turn of events, uh, Jamie gives the Turbo Man doll to Myron so he can give it to his son. Don't you think that's a weird turn of events? Yeah. It's kind of weird, right? Definitely. He just kidnapped me. I know know Myron's like, I'm going to be a terrible dad and stuff. He's going to jail. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's for sure going to jail. But one of the better lines of the whole movie... Why does Jamie need the Turbo Man doll when he has the real Turbo Man at home? Good job, Jamie. What a sentimental little fool you are. Because your dad's still kind of a douche. (laughs) And the movie ends with Howard being carried away by the crowd to cheers of Turbo Man, Turbo Man. And just like that, Howard leaves his family behind for a successful movie career as Turbo Man. He never sees them again. (laughs) (laughs) Roll credits. Roll credits. But wait, there's more. (laughs) There's a post-credit scene. And this is actually one of the first post-credit scenes uh, to be in like a popular movie, Uh, which is kind of interesting, isn't it? Uh, So he didn't actually leave his family. Uh, No. He's there topping the Christmas tree with this family and failed at getting his wife a Christmas present. So one last stunned face from Arnold. It's his best face, right? Yeah. And this kind of says, like, maybe there's going to be a sequel. Yeah. Which would have to be, like, Christmas Day. Right. Jingle all the yesterday. Jingle all the yesterday. I don't know. Something like that. Uh, Yeah, I was thinking of that word. It would have to be, like, he's still paying for the repercussions from the year prior. Like, it's next Christmas, and he's still trying to win Wiz over now. But he still, like, managed to do it all over again. Yeah. I forgot again. Uh, Jamie told me what to get. (laughs) I didn't listen. So, like I said, this was one of Hollywood's first, like, real post-credit scenes. Uh, Jingle All the Way 
help start the trend of it becoming like a popular thing to do. Um, some other post credit scenes of the time would have been like in Airplane and Ferris Bueller's Day Off and Masters of the Universe. And uh, this Christmas comedy just was one of the first notable films of the 90s to do it. Nice. So that's kind of cool. I like that it, that it uh, it did that. It was interesting. It's I don't remember there being a post credit scene ever. I, I, like I just learned that from doing my homework. I'm like, oh, post credit scene? I did not know that. So yeah. I've never made it to that before. Yeah, I didn't think... I had seen it until you were describing it, so it must just be in the extended version because I don't remember that being after the credits. So did you have this movie on VHS? Blu-ray. Blue, but like when you were a kid? Oh, no. No, you didn't? So, I mean... It probably was then. It might have been. But now it's just probably put into the extended version. It could be, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I didn't have this movie as a a VHS. I don't think I did because I felt like I would have watched it a lot more. (laughs) I know, I don't. I never did. Nope, I never did. But uh, Trav? I know you liked it, but tell me you liked it. Oh, my God. I loved it so much. This is for sure a staple now every year with Christmas. Lauren's like, yeah, I love that movie. I don't know why we haven't watched it. I'm thinking I don't know either because it's so funny. I watched it more than any other movie we've done for the podcast. Nice. And I'm already excited to watch it again. That's great. That's great. But tell me how much you love this. I know this was more of a staple for you growing up. Uh, you know, it was a movie that uh, I would watch, and um, it was like a once a year, once every other year. It wasn't like a rotational movie, but it's a movie I've seen probably six, seven times, I guess, before doing the homework. Had been a number of years since I had watched it. Yeah. Definitely had fallen off my radar, and I'm happy that I can insert Another Christmas movie into the Christmas movie rotation. Yeah. Because I know with my family, this time of year, is it's just movie, 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 oh, constant yeah. movies all the time. And when you can introduce another one, it's always great. Because, I mean, I love Home Alone. We've already watched it like four times. <laughs> so I don't know if I'm going to make it to Christmas <laughs> ten times or whatever. But it's always nice to have another one uh, uh, added into the rotation. Overall, if I'm going to talk about this as like a movie, I don't think it's that great of a movie. Right. I really don't. Right, right, right. Like it's it's got some sentiment to me. It's fun to watch. It does a like a classic Christmas story of redemption. Yeah. Uh but overall, it's not that great of a movie. Not that great. He's a horrible dad. Ted's a total perv. Yes. And as much as I love Arnold in this movie, there's multiple times where it's just rough, his acting. Yeah. Especially, I think, of the scene when he's trying to practice with the woman driving him in the truck on the way back <laughs> to the house <laughs> on how to deliver the news. And he does it excited and then, no, too happy. And then he does it all sad. I'm like, just reminds me of Joey and Friends when he's horrible at acting and it's just obvious. <laughs> it seems like in that scene he's genuinely trying to practice and he's not doing, not a, good doing, job, it. Not but, doing a good job. But I still love the movie. Like, don't want to yeah. make it seem like I don't. I just, there was some glaring Arnold bad acting parts in this movie. There were definite moments in this movie where it felt like it was a paycheck. Yeah, def- right. Definitely. Just, just doing it for a paycheck. Put forth the minimal effort. He screamed some Arnold stuff at the at the camera a couple of times. And yeah, go put that check in the bank, which is fine. Which is fine. I still liked the movie. Yeah, I still liked the movie. Not a great movie. But I still liked the movie. <laughs> Another rotation movie. I got to get a list of rotation movies so I can actually keep this rotation. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, with that out of the way, let's talk about our homework assignment. Um, our homework assignment is a weird one. Okay, it's a weird one. It's going to be hard <laughs> for you to find. It's going to be. Uh, it's going to be. It's going to be weird for if, if for anybody. I, it's going to be a weird one. It is the Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension, and that movie is from 1984, directed by W. D. Richter. 
written by Earl Mac Rauch, produced by W.D. Richter and Neil Canton, starring Peter Weller as Dr. Buckaroo Banzai. Peter Weller, famously RoboCop. So, if you didn't know that. Uh, John Lithgow as Dr. Emilio Lizardo, or Lord John Horfin. Uh, Ellen Barkin as Penny Purdy, or Peggy Banzai. Uh, Jeff Goldblum as Dr. Sidney Zweibel, or New Jersey. <laughs> Christopher Lloyd as John Big Booty. That set in for a second. Uh, <laughs> Lewis Smith as Tommy, or Perfect Tommy. Clancy Brown as Rawhide. And the list goes on and on and <laughs> on. There's a lot of characters in this movie, and I'm going to stop reading them because I don't want to read them anymore. Is Ellen Barkin the name from Tommy Boy? The, uh, that's not the one that we're like, how is she a 10? Like, no, 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 no. Okay, no, 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 the last name no. looked familiar. Yes, no, that's not her. That is... Mm, scream it at your radio or at your scream it out loud jake because you know who i'm talking about (laughs) i wish i could remember her name right now she's a perfect 10 and i can't think of her name right now bo derrick bo derrick got there got there got there got there uh this movie was produced by sherwood productions and it was distributed by 20th century fox like i said this movie came out in 1984 and it was on august 10th had a budget of 17 million dollars had a box office of 6.3 million dollars that's only 12.27 million in 20 2023. So this movie is officially a flop. A flop. A flop. Has it became like a cult classic or something? Yes. Okay. But it's like one of the more cultier cult classics. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's just. It's, so I'm very excited to do this. My DVD literally came in the mail today. So Boom. I'm going to watch the heck out of that thing and I can't wait for it. And I'm going to have to stream it because I tried to find it and I was finding hard copy books or the TV series. There was a TV series apparently, I think. Um, I did not know that. Or maybe Uh, maybe not. There could have been. I did not know that. Uh, That reminds me, Trav. You're either going to have to buy this one probably from overseas. Mine came from Australia. (laughs) Yeah. Or you can stream it on the MGM app as of 2023. So sure. sign up for your free week and uh, cancel we that subscription <laughs> at the end. Trav, hit me with that outro. All right. Well, first off, the new email again we're going to remind people is podcast at overduehomework.com. And since we're getting that all set up today, it's just some questions for Drew that I will also answer. But my first question for Drew is... How hard did your family go when it came to decorating for Christmas when you were growing up? Um, you know, that fell on my mom. She was the one that did the decorating when I was growing up. I mean, Tom would help her put up the Christmas tree and he would do the lights outside, which I would always have to help with. And the star, obviously. Yes, and the star, obviously. (laughs) Uh, That actually wasn't a tradition in my family. It was always the star just went on as soon as the tree was up. Honestly, when they said they put it on Christmas Eve, I was like, I didn't know that was really a thing. Uh, (laughs) But uh, my mom decorated the house. She would decorate the main floor with the traditional stuff. We had one of those little light up snow towns or whatever they you know on a yeah. on a table. <laughs> I know exactly what garbage, you're talking about. Just garbage. My grandma had a dozen uh, of those things, and it was so funny too because as soon as like. My mom started building one, so she's like, I'm going to get some for my sister Rochelle. So Rochelle started getting some, and then Rochelle was like, let's get some for mom, for Grandma Albertine. So they would get some for Albertine. And then, like, the next 10 years, they were all just buying each other these, like, houses and set pieces for their little villages for Christmas. That's all that they did for each other for Christmas. (laughs) Finally, I think my mom or either Rochelle were like, that's enough. We're done with this. (laughs) No more of this stuff. Uh, But there was that. The Christmas tree went upstairs. 
It was mostly one Christmas tree while growing up. When I was a little bit older in my teens, my parents got a new tree. So then we had two trees. So there'd be one tree in the basement and one tree upstairs. Always fake. Uh, We had a couple of uh, real ones when I was real little. Like, I just remember them being real and... I don't know. My parents just were never into taking care of it, so we just never had a real tree. It was yeah. always fake trees. Um, but like I said, Christmas lights outside. It was, you know, everything was pretty reasonably decorated. Nothing crazy, but yeah, yeah decorated every year. You didn't look like Ted's lot. No, 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 no. Nothing okay, like that. Sure. Nothing like that. Yeah, my dad, I mean, didn't go hard, but he definitely put, you know, the bigger Christmas lights outside around the windows. Yeah. We always had a real tree. Nice. For as long as I can remember, at least. And, I mean, I genuinely always loved decorating the tree, going down to the creepy-ass basement and getting <laughs> the decorations again for this year. My dad would put on some sort of Christmas tape, on, like cassette tape. And, yeah, I always, That's awesome. I always loved decorating. But, yeah, he didn't go... We didn't have some crazy scene outside or lights pointed at the house. No, like, nothing like nothing that. Nothing like that. No. But and inside decorations pretty much was just the tree. The tree. Like didn't do there was no houses or <laughs> no, no fake snow anywhere, none of that kind of stuff. So uh next question for Drew is you are ten years old. What do you want for Christmas? Like what would I have wanted as a ten year old or Yes, and that? it's nineteen ninety four, you're ten years old and you want something for christmas i mean 1994 i would probably say i would be asking for video games and it would be like like 94 is pro- i think might have been the year that i got the playstation 4 or playstation the original playstation in yeah, 94. I, I think that so. might have been the year i got it and like i said i didn't ask for that yeah but i would have yeah. i would have i mean i asked for things like i always wanted like Hockey cards, like I collected hockey cards. I wanted like the the whole box, like go to Don's Hobby and like get the whole box of cards so I can open them and do all that yeah. stuff like that. So I'd always get some of that stuff. I would ask for CDs for music, like Chumba Wumba, man. <laughs> yeah. I want some Chumba Wumbas. <laughs> I think that was like 96, 97, but whatever. Uh, but yeah, I would have asked. It would have been video games for sure. I probably would have asked for Super Nintendo stuff that year, not knowing that I was for getting sure. a PlayStation. And then like... I would ask for weird stuff like I would want a new blanket. Yeah. Like yeah. it's just weird stuff, the the weird random stuff. I'm trying to think. Like I bet you I asked for pogs cuz that was probably, probably pretty probably. hot right then. I I bet you I asked for pogs in in 1994, but I would ask for movies, VHS tapes and stuff like that. I would oh, ask yeah. for movies big time. Um but yeah, that's 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 like kind of the crux of what I would ask for like Movies and video games, kind of like it is now. <laughs> yeah. Podcast material. Yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. Like that. What about you? Yeah, same thing for me. I mean, I uh, Pokemon cards, oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Like, if I could go back in time, I'd ask for more. But, yeah, somehow even, like, the neighbors knew to get me Pokemon nice. cards. I don't know if that was just what they did or if they talked to my dad and he said he's obsessed with Pokemon cards, get him whatever. But I bet you they talked to him. I remember opening a lot of, like... OG original sets or base set two and stuff, and now they're so damn expensive. <laughs> but I want to just open one pack to relive the nostalgia. That'd be amazing. Smell that 20 year old air in that blister pack. <laughs> uh, but uh, next one, so just jumping ahead five years, you're 15. Now, what are you asking for? I'm guessing still games and movies, let's face it. We're, we're always asking for that. Yeah. It's 15. Have you moved on to anything else? So like now you're trying to be cool. Yeah, you're it's in high ni- school. It's 1999. Yeah. Whew, that so that's that's my year. ten years old. Yeah, that's a big year. 1999. Oh, 
I know for a fact I asked for a Schwinn Predator Pro that year for Christmas. Ooh. So my kick-ass BMX bike. I still have that bike. It's in my garage currently. Nice. I almost put air in it this summer, but I'm like, I don't know if I can pull off riding a BMX bike. I'm going to look <laughs> like a fool. I should have done it anyways, though. Done some bunny hops. <laughs> um, I know for a fact that I asked for that. I guarantee you I asked for new hockey skates that year because uh, that would have yeah that would have been like 99 would have been probably new hockey skates because that would have been my first year of uh, freshman playing hockey in high school as a freshman. So I wouldn't ask for new ho- hockey skates, but video games, TV or movies like for sure, like video games Obviously. and movies for sure. And CDs, too. I was really into collecting CDs. Definitely. And I don't know. I don't know if this was the year that I asked for it, but I know for a fact that I asked for and got the bonfire box set for ACDC, which nice. had like, everything, their whole catalog in it all the way up through, uh, man, which one? It might have just been through Back in Black. Might have, it might have been just through Back in Black. But it was their whole catalog. It came with like a sticker and a keychain and like this whole big poster and stuff, which of course all got destroyed and lost <laughs> yeah. and all that of fun course. stuff. I think I think actually the keychain, I, I, I might have it somewhere. I might have it still. It was a bottle opener, you know? It's yeah. pretty cool to have. Pretty cool. I'm going to need this in the future. <laughs> nah. I, I, I think, you know, CDs were a big thing I remember asking for. I was really into, like, growing my music collection oh, at yeah. the time. Getting so. ready to get your own car and pop them in. Yeah. Well, no, I still had to. I, I ripped CDs to cassette for my first <laughs> car, <laughs> which was just a, a terrible, terrible, stupid thing to do. But I did it anyways. I did it anyways. Yeah. How about so, you, man? So 15, I'm, this is 2004 for me, so the main thing I switched from was Pokemon to Yu-Gi-Oh! Cards, oh, nice. Because my cousins got me into that, and that was actually fun to play. I never really, I played Pokemon a little bit, but it was always more about collecting the cards, but now I spend more money than I should on both, so <laughs> Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! cards. But yeah, you saying music makes me think for sure. The CDs I remember getting on a Christmas were, I think I've said this before, but the Creed CD nice. with Higher on it and Good Red Hot Chili Peppers Californication and then Corn Issues CD and the Linkin Park Hybrid Theory nice. CD. And that was a staple. That was in like every fan-made DBZ video you could look <laughs> up on YouTube had yeah, a Linkin Park song did. attached to it. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Uh, Creed's had quite the resurgence lately, haven't they? Yeah, they have. They really I have. just w- was watching It's Always Sunny yesterday and when they're in the suburbs and Mac makes the tape of Creed to take. <laughs> and he's like, oh, well, it's Tuesday, though, so it's my day to pick out music. And Dennis like, well, that was fine when the travel was like 10 minutes, but now that it's an hour, <laughs> maybe you should just take a personal day. <laughs> I love that. That's hilarious. Uh, last question here today for Drew is, are you excited to get or give anything specific for this Christmas? Yes, we got Evelyn a new bike. Ooh. yes she put it on her christmas list twice nice so like we got to make sure yeah in case you missed it the first time we gotta get that so (laughs) put it on there twice and uh we got her a nice one too i think like some yeah they're actually really hard to find right now uh, post pandemic it's just like hard to find them for children so yeah we found one we went to nicolet south bike shop so shout out nicolet bike shop nice i know you're a listener you get cami anything cool 
Um, he's getting mostly clothing because yeah. it's like, you know, he's eight months old and it's his first Christmas. He's going to get, you know, we got him uh, like a like a toy, like a standing table activity table thing for him because he's starting to stand and crawl on or like walk furniture and stuff. So nice. it'll be good for Christmas for him. And Yeah, man, I'm excited to give that stuff. And Kristen and I don't exchange gifts for anything and we just haven't in a really long time. Yeah, I think we're going to probably exchange some small stuff this year. Just be, nice. just, you know, just to. It's stuff that we buy when we're Christmas shopping, so we know what we're getting each other, yeah, basically. Yeah. But uh, we just always kind of concentrated, like, wanted to concentrate on other people. And now that we have lots of kids on our in our family, uh, it's like, let's concentrate on the kids. Right, concentrate for sure. Concentrate on the kids. So, yeah, I'm excited to give this year more than get, I think. Definitely. Mm-hmm. That's usually how I am, too. Usually, Lauren and I go a little too ham on each other, but this year we set a $100 limit. Hey, so, good job. And no kids for us, so we get to have fun with that. That's and, awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, for sure, something she got me because, again, it's a $100 limit, and wherever she bought it, she said the cashier was so pumped for it that they said, this is awesome. And she said, yeah, I'm getting it for my boyfriend. You are the best girlfriend. And, <laughs> and he or she asked her where this was in the store because they were going to legitimately go get it right after. Mm. So I'm like very intrigued to find out what the heck this so is. So that narrows it down, all right? That narrows it down to what stores she went to because if the person at the counter had to ask her where she got it, right? that means it's a bigger store. Right. So you're talking a Walmart, you're talking a Target, you're talking a Best Buy. Definitely. Yeah. Like me, Kohl's is a stretch. It's a me. stretch. And she goes to TJ Maxx a lot, so it's possible. I did find a really badass Rick and Morty hoodie for 20 <laughs> bucks the other day, nice. there, which was awesome. Nice. But yeah, I'm looking forward to Christmas. Great. Uh, but that wraps up the emails today. So we're going to give you another reminder. The new email is podcast at overduehomework.com. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Overdue Homework Podcast. And as always, don't forget to tune in to the next exciting episode of the Overdue Homework Podcast.